What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Hey. Hey. What are you... What are you doing, sir? I'm trying to record ads here. Catching your audio. You have something to say to the freaks? You have something to say? Just heavy breathing, awkwardly? Is that it? No, 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 no. All right, mommy's gonna grab you. Ready? One, two, three. You're getting heavy. Oh yeah. Got anything else you want to add to this? Sorry, freaks. Some humanizing content there. My domestic terrorist. Luckily, I don't have to comply with this because I work for a company of less than a hundred people. Referring to the uh, the vaccine mandate that President Biden just announced, which happened between the recording of this episode and me recording these ads. So I'm just catching up to that news, reacting in real time. Frustrating. We shall prevail. 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 I can't speak today. If you, if you listen to the episode, I have a lot of mush words. I don't know what's going on. We shall prevail, however. OSHA. OSHA coming to, coming to make sure... If you're a company with over 100 employees that they're vaccinated or getting tested one, once a week, you have that out. You have that out at least. Uh, I don't think there's an out for natural immunity, which I hear may be stronger, maybe, could be, could possibly be stronger than the vaccine efficacy. We're not here to talk about that, though. We're here, we're here to say this rip a rabbit hole recap is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cashers. Slams the door. Cash apps don't you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets if you so please. We're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. There are 100 million sats in one Bitcoin. And Cash App makes it very easy to stack them. You can DCA into sats. You can buy daily, weekly, or biweekly. Set it and forget it. Have that peace of mind. They have their cash card, which allows you to shop wherever Visa is accepted. And they have that cash card connected to their Boost program, which allows you to uh, enable Boost of partner merchants. You go, you use your cash card there and you can cash back or sometimes you even get sats back. They have their 5% sats back while, while eating at a restaurant. That's the best sats back offer I've seen in the last month. It's an incredible one. Cash App can also be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers for you freaks and get your paychecks direct deposited into the app if you want to. If you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet, make sure you do so using the code stacking. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Sad Owl. Sad Owl. Remember the Patriotic Freaks? It was just a temporary measure. Temporary, temporary. Protect your freedoms during the war on terrorism. And we got Biden's six-step plan to protect your freedoms and your health in the war. I think it's specifically on the COVID Delta variant. I'm not sure, though. Interesting times. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to leverage Bitcoin's native properties, protect particularly their uh, Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to help individuals eliminate 
third-party risk in their cold storage solution. Third-party risk, if you just hold your Bitcoins on an exchange, yeah, if you just hold it on an exchange, you're depending on them to to make sure that they give you your Bitcoin when you ask for it. That's a risk. Sometimes you go to ask for it and they say, hey, we don't have it, or actually we're going to need some more information to send it to you, uh, or we're just not going to send it to you at all. Uh, Single point of failure. If you engage in a multi-sig transaction, which you hold two of three keys, which is what Unchained's vault product allows you to do, you get control over that Bitcoin and you're distributing risk. You're getting away from that concentrated risk of just holding your Bitcoin, your Bitcoins potentially on an exchange. Another third-party point of failure is yourself, particularly uh, using single-sig. That's a that's a potential downfall in security practice as well. If you lose that passphrase in the wallet, you're you're shit out of luck. You better distribute that risk in a two or three multisig. Unchain makes that very easy, and they have a white glove concierge service to take you from zero to having a multisig vault set up on Unchain Capital, uh, in which you hold two of three keys, so you can always move your Bitcoin out of the wallet and the multisig address uh, when you see fit. However, if you're ever in a, a crunch and you need Unchained to be there for that second in the two or three multi-sig uh, wallet, uh, two or three signatures needed to move the UTXOs out of the wallet. They will be there for you. And their White Glove Concierge service is special for you freaks. If you tell them that TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off the whole package. The whole package is a great package. It comes with video conference, uh, multiple video conference calls, not just one. We're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig, the concept of multi-sig, how it works, uh, the concept of keys, private keys, public keys. They're going to get you comfortable with their Vault products specifically. You understand how that works. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable again, protecting those seed phrases, producing those private public key pairs. And then eventually when you set up the two or three multi-sig, also securing uh, and backing up the, the derivation pass necessary to, to spend from your multi-sig wallet. Unchained's an incredible team, building incredible products, thinking about bringing <coughs> security uh, and custody to Bitcoiners. They just added Jeff Vandrew and his KeyKeeper IRA to their stack. They will be providing uh, retirement services and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inheritance services as well into their stack. It's a beautiful thing. They've got an incredible team. They're crushing it. Parker Lewis. I'm just going to say it. He's the unelected... That would actually sound bad. I don't want to say he's the unelected president of Texas, but he's he's one of the best ambassadors of the state of Texas and uh, for Bitcoin that I've ever encountered. Uh, he's writing incredible content. He's getting important people into Bitcoin, and he's representing Unchained incredibly well and Bitcoin incredibly well. Go check all this out at unchained-capital.com. Again, with the White Glove Concierge Service for the two or three multi-sig volts, uh, tell them that TFTC sent you. There's a promo code TFTC. It'll get $50 off that. We're going to link to this in the show notes. Last but not least, this rip is brought to you by good friends at Brains. 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 With two eyes. B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Brains uh, is the team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in existence. It launched in 2010, and since then, Slushpool has mined 1.25 million Bitcoins uh, in its lifetime. Uh, Brains bought a majority stake in Slushpool in 2013 and bought the rest of that stake 
uh, over the summer this year or last year. I can't remember. It's all blurring together. It's all moving so fast. So fast, so fast. Um, but yeah, they've been, they've been doing an incredible thing, building out these incredible products. Uh, they launched an update to Slush Pool earlier this summer, which includes ultra-flexible payouts that can be either time-based or threshold-based, mining reward splitting for automatically distributing rewards to multiple wallets, and of course, Dark Theme. Brains is a Bitcoiner company through and through, upper echelon Bitcoin company, building some of the coolest, most important tech in the space. Uh, is very good stewards of the Bitcoin network, a very good represent uh, a very good representation of what I would deem to be a Bitcoin ethos that that I try to embody myself. And guess what? They're looking to hire. Okay, they're working on things like Brains OS Plus auto auto tuning firmware in Stratum V2 which is a mining pool protocol that would help de further decentralize the mining pool layer. They're looking for a Rust developer, systems programmer, or if you have experience with embedded devices, there may be a place for you to join the team at Brains. Again, that's Brains with two I's, B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Check out brains.com slash careers to see open positions and submit an application. As for the big question, I ask it here all the time. When what's minor? When, what's minor? The answer is still tune. I can't speak today. Tune, CM, soon TM. But the team is making steady progress and Brains OS Plus is running smoothly on some machines in the Brains office. Very encouraging to hear. It's running smoothly on some machines in Brains office, just not outside of it yet. Meanwhile, Jan, who was on TFTC episode 73 along with Pavel, has been grinding away at adding support for the Antminer x19 generation and that is now progressing into private testing that means at least some models from the x19 generation will be supported before what's minor but no exact eta yet on the public release currently supported devices are the antminer s9 s9i s9j as well as the s17 s17 plus s17 pro t17 t17 plus and the ones added this summer the s17e and the t17e psa important announcement a lot of misconceptions out there Brains OS Plus is compatible with any mining pool. If you're running the firmware on your machine, you can point it at any mining pool that you want to, your hash. You can point it at any mining pool you want to. You don't need to mine with Slush Pool to use the Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware. But, but, if you do mine and send your hash to Slush Pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. Nice little incentive there. If you want to get unique insights on the Bitcoin mining industry along with updates to on Brains OS Plus, Stratum V2, and other Brains projects, check out the Brains blog at brains.com slash blog and follow the lesser known, but just as high quality, at Brains underscore systems Twitter account where the team is posting deep dive threads on various mining topics. Brains. Brains. This was a great rip. I know I opened it a little somber, like crazy Uncle Marty, but the rip is, is much uh, more level-headed. And optimistic. We ended on an optimistic note. Love all y'all freaks. Enjoy it. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be.
What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here, sitting down with Matt O'Dell for this week's rip of RHR. Preparing the live stream. What's our uh, what's our recorded podcast alpha for the day, Matt? Is your dad joining us this week? <sighs> I don't know. It depends. It depends on I if gotta... he calls in. I don't know. He he could be watching this now and he'd be like, "All right, that's the cue for me to call in." It would be it, hilarious if like he knew we were streaming and he intentionally did it. I uh, I had a lot of feedback that people liked uh, random caller, um, like not not necessarily your dad every week, but just yeah. to have a random person call in. I I agree with um, that. And like we need a better setup than you just holding the speakerphone up to the mic, though. You know what? I actually have you that. I can, and I, I can I have, with the roadcaster. I can connect my phone via Bluetooth, and we can do there everything that way, if need be. But I think it needs to be organic, right? Like that was organic. My dad was calling me. I was like, oh, what do you want? Just tweet out your phone number. Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> and that was your uh, that was your recorded alpha of the week here. Now we're going live. <laughs> Not much alpha. It's being, uh, <laughs> it's being live streamed. Yeah, but I think it has to be genuine. What's up, freaks? On the live stream, we were just doing our our alpha for the recorded uh, version. <laughs> We were just podcast. talking about how Marty's dad called in last week and how fucking fantastic that was. <laughs> it was fun. He got a kick out of it. Uh, yeah, big head out of it. Yeah, I, I tweeted out. He got mad at me too for, for doxing his text. He said I, I broke a cardinal rule and he's very uh, disappointed in his, in his son because I uh, sent the screenshot of him saying, hey, I was uh, on RHR and Bitcoin goes over 50K for the first time in a while again. Oh, Quinn, I saw that. That was the top when yeah. you tweeted it out. Yeah. yeah. Caught the top. Stay you humble. Jinx it. Was it me or was it him jinxing it? I guess that's the question. He would he would know to that. Would want to know the answer to this. It was it was definitely it, it was definitely a bent who jinxed it. Okay, all right, I'll take that. It's a non-answer. Well, I guess we'll start with a non-answer today. Big week, man. <laughs> Big week. A lot to talk about. A lot of nuance in today's episodes. I can feel we haven't discussed that there will be a lot of nuance, but just talking about the topics Bingo. that are on the list. Um, there's a lot to talk through, particularly around El Salvador. That's what we'll start with. But before we get there, we'll start with Dash uh, Clark's dashboard. Dash's Clark board. Uh, the price of Bitcoin is $46,540. One sat, or excuse me, $1 will currently buy you 2,149 sats. Uh, we are at block height 699,802. Marty Math here, 198 blocks away from block 700,000. What's the significance of that? And it's just an even number. It'd be cool to get to the 700K. <laughs> Literally right. no significance whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe the we have. The number had... just goes up. It just constantly <laughs> goes up. That's, it's, uh, I tweeted this out a few weeks ago. It's the best Bitcoin dad joke out there. New all time high in block height. It's, uh, there's very few instances in which you'd be uh, wrong. With that current block I were talking about, it'd like, be pretty before. bad if we were wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had a difficulty adjustment since we last met, uh, and it was a four and a half percent upward difficulty adjustment. Uh, currently, we are one thousand seven hundred sixty-six blocks away from the next difficulty retarget, and right now it's estimated to be a downward adjustment of two point two percent. Will be our first downward adjustment in a couple months. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe even a few months. Uh, where are we at? Do you where feel the at? mempool FOMO? Eh. That's something I would love to jinx. Like, I hopefully it's just one sapper bite forever. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. It's similar to last week, I believe, if I recall correctly. There are I hope 50- people got a bunch of transactions, and just in case it's not, 
There are currently 15,693 transactions in Clark's mempool. Uh, Samurai below 4,000 this week at 3,979.76 Bitcoin in unspent capacity. So I went down a little bit week on week here. Maybe people were using uh, one sap per bytes to move to cold storage or make payments. Um, but the bigger news on the Whirlpool side is that the legend Craig Raw, who was on Dispatch this this week, Power um, Cast, Craig Raw and Andrew Chow, has added Whirlpool support to Sparrow Wallet, uh, the desktop wallet that works with Electrum servers. Um, and it's completely compatible with Samurai's liquidity pools. So this is, uh, been a long time coming, not necessarily for Sparrow. He's a fucking hustler. Uh, right now it's just testnet, but, um, this is something that we've discussed previously on the show many times, this idea that a whirlpool is designed in a way that wallets can easily add it to their stack. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can share the same liquidity pool and they can get a cut of the coin join fees. So they have an incentive, you know, Sparrow is a KYC free wallet. It's an open source project. It has been purely monetized based off of donations. Very, everyone should go donate sparrowwallet.com slash donate, but he doesn't get that many donations. So now this adds a privacy focused way for him to, um, get some kind of sustainable income from Sparrow wallet. And it also helps mitigate, gives people the ability to use a desktop wallet to do it as well. Uh, if you have an iPhone and you refuse to get an Android phone just for the purpose of using CoinJoin, but it also helps mitigate the concern of Samurai Light Wallet users being too much of the mix, uh, which is a concern that a lot of people talk about um, because inherently Sparrow wallet users are not using Samurai servers. So as the number of users that are using Sparrow's Whirlpool integration goes up, that concern becomes less of a concern. And same if people are using their own node, which ideally a lot of people are to begin with. Well, and that sort of suppresses, like if you're not running Dojo, um, you're, you're really not doing, you should run Dojo, but again, creating more optionality and more liquidity from different coordinating services is is a good thing well no so the coordinator is the same but the coordinator is blinded doesn't see anything what's mm-hmm. different is the um what, what's different is is like how you connect yeah the avenue to the, the liquidity pool yeah. yeah yeah um pretty cool yeah but that's in testnet for now it's being tested hopefully it should be out of mainnet soon but uh a, a very good example of a way to leverage bitcoin's unique native properties to create a business model right on this free and open source software stuff is niche but uh, it shouldn't be niche we're trying to make it uh, not niche here at tftc but it, it is very encouraging to see that developers can uh, can monetize their work uh, by leveraging bitcoin's i mean it's properties. not that niche right like you said yourself what is it? it's like a little under four thousand bitcoin yeah um so, I mean, what is, how much is that in uh, cut bucks? <sighs> I just made you do math. It says it on, it, it says, says it on dashboard. Let me look it up. Uh, 185 and a half million. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's niche, but it's not that niche. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm trying to make it more popular here. And 
thanks to Craig and the team at Sparrow Wallet. Now it's easier to access and you have more optionality around Whirlpool specifically. Uh, how was the episode with Andrew and Craig? Obviously, whenever it was the- good. I'm like trying to find a balance um, between being too technical and being approachable. Mm-hmm. It's like a, we were talking about reproducible builds, which is like yeah. one of the most bland topics ever. Uh, but I thought it was a very good constructive conversation and I think it could be helpful for people. And I think uh, it's something we should be pushing for in the space to not only have reproducible builds, but having more people build from source rather than using the prepackaged install files. Um, but it's definitely a higher step up, right? Before you get there, you should at least be PGP verifying your installs. And I know for a fact that the majority of the freaks listening right now are not doing that. <laughs> so you should you should just keep improving. And the good thing about, about, about this conversation and what I try and do with Dispatch in general is I do think it's more timeless. So I think um, people can go back to it, you know, in six months, eight months when they get, you know, when they, when they have the urge to upgrade their setup uh, to go to that conversation, but it was a really good conversation. And I mean, I love Andrew. We had him on TFTC. Uh, We were together. Yeah. Yeah. Another Craig is just a beast. I just added Craig. I was like, Craig, you want to join us? And he's like, yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, another, um, both of those gentlemen are incredible gentlemen. And then uh, if you want to learn more about reproducible builds in the work, some members of Bitcoin Core have been doing on that. Uh, We have many episodes on that in the catalog. Um, So go check that out. And yeah, so I guess we can transition um, into the meat of what we wanted to start with, which is El Salvador. Obviously, big news. People have been anticipating all summer since... The announcement at Bitcoin 2021, uh, El Salvador uh, wrote a law that makes Bitcoin legal tender and forces merchants to accept Bitcoin as payment as well. That went live on the seventh Tuesday of this week, and a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, and I alluded to it in the beginning. There's a lot of nuance to the particulars of the El Salvador story, ranging from its significance as a geopolitical domino that has fallen. Uh, to the technical rollout of the, the the Bitcoin implementation that the government's pushing. What are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, I'm just laughing because Wiz put in the comments, how do we PGP verify RHR releases? Um, these are all deep fakes. You know, don't trust verify. This is not actually me and Marty. Uh, the El Salvador news is, I mean, it's a it's a massive deal, right? It's a it's a it's a big deal. Um, Obviously, it is a, you know, a country adopting Bitcoin as one of two main currencies, right? U.S. dollars and Bitcoin is a massive uh, recognition of Bitcoin as money, right? We've heard for years people say Bitcoin is not money. Uh, Bitcoin is literally being used as money by a whole country. Um, I do think as Bitcoiners, though... You know, there's a tendency to sugarcoat everything as bullish as possible. And it's not a perfect situation, you know, and and I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to Salvadorans to be critical of implementation and critical of how the government handles um, this adoption of Bitcoin. And, you know, I, I was like, I had some critical thoughts on Twitter 
And I had people coming at me like, like, oh, Matt, like you lost the plot. Like, this is so bullish. Like, be more bullish. Be positive. We have to be positive. It's like, fuck you, man. Like, I'm the most bullish person ever. Like, I don't need to fucking sugarcoat everything with bullish platitudes before I make a critical comment. It's, it's um, funny how quickly people forget about 200K by conference day. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to. And like, like people pretend like, oh, like my bullet, like I tweet bullish platitudes because it's good for Bitcoin. I want to increase, increase adoption. It's, that's not the case. Like Bitcoin is going to become the world standard money regardless of your fucking bullish tweets. You're just tweeting out bullish things, not you specifically, but people are just tweeting out bullish things because they want the engagement. They get fantastic engagement. If you if you have a critical take on El Salvador, you get way worse engagement than if you have, uh, you know, Bitcoin is the best thing ever and everything is perfect in El Salvador tweet. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And this is something we've been discussing in the lead up to the law going live. I mean, obviously, I think we talked about it last week and the leaked document of the architecture of the new wallet infrastructure that they're building. That turned out to be wrong though. Did it? Yeah. Cause BitGo is the one. So it looks like BitGo is doing the on-chain stuff. And I believe a Mexican exchange, Ibex. I don't know. I think they're Mexican exchange. Ibex is doing the lightning integration. Ibex Mercado. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a custodial lightning, which we knew it's all the whole thing's custodial. Mm -hmm. Um, but it looks like it's a combination between BitGo for on-chain, Ibex for Lightning, and then Athena for the ATMs. Mm-hmm. Um, was OpenNode involved in some way? OpenNode was doing like OpenNode behind the scene. Like, so all the, the, one of the cool things that Bitcoiners caught up on really quickly was that like all the large corporations that are operating in El Salvador needed to start accepting Bitcoin with like very little notice, right? So a lot of them tapped open node to do it. Now, this is a perfect example of where we need to be critical. Like it is cool that especially, you know, to troll Roger Veer that that you can buy a coffee at McDonald's uh, with lightning um, or on chain. But like their integrations with open node, like as far as McDonald's is concerned, they're accepting fiat. Right. And open node is ideologically better than BitPay. I mean, BitPay can go fuck themselves. BitPay attacked Bitcoin. Um, they have a ton of shitcoin support. They're like, have been unethical many times in the past. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, is McDonald's really accepting Bitcoin? Like they're getting fiat on the back end. They're yeah. not actually, like yes. they could be running BTC pay server. They're not running BTC pay server. They're not providing liquidity to the network. Um, but alternatively, positive spin on it they're accepting bitcoin so allowing an individual who has chosen to to live off of bitcoin can right go to mcdonald's and, and have an, a normal interaction aaron van weirdom uh from uh bitcoin magazine i think his is the tweet that blew up he went in the morning to mcdonald's i think he, he explained like i wasn't expecting him to have anything ready and i was shocked and the lightning the, voice the funny part was the day before um on in bitcoin magazine like we were talking within bitcoin magazine and aaron was like there is no way mcdonald's is gonna accept my (laughs) bitcoin tomorrow like he was positive they weren't going to so he was just going there to basically prove his point that there's no way they would be ready um and sure enough they were ready uh but uh it's like it's cool. Like, I'm not saying it's not cool, well, right? Well, but there's some nuance further, there. There is nuance there. So is this part of the nuance? Didn't Aaron use his own non-custodial 
Right. I'm talking about the merchant side, right? Yeah. I'm talking about like... Yeah, there's two sides to this, though. There's glimmers of 2013, Marty, or 2014. Remember when everyone was like, oh, AT&T accepts Bitcoin, Microsoft accepts Bitcoin, but really Overstock. behind the scenes... Overstock was the big one. Right. BitPay was just going behind the scenes to these companies, right? They were like, we will do all of this for you for really cheap, and you'll just get US dollars in your bank account, and you'll get a PR boost for it. And they weren't actually really you know, ideologically connected to Bitcoin or even holding any Bitcoin. Um, so to me, there's like glimmers of that 2015, 2014 kind of merchant adoption push that was really kind of a bullshit merchant adoption push. Um, on the positive side, another positive thing is they, in McDonald's, they list all their, they were listing their prices in sats. Right. So and that's just a real nail in the coffin for all the pro bits people. <laughs> and, and BTC, they had sats and BTC next to each other, yeah. uh, in full denomination. Yeah. It's, uh. Well, like saying that you're comparing to like 2013, 2014, certainly are rhythms of that in all of this. However, do you think there's an aspect, uh, particularly with the, again, the, the significance of El Salvador as a country, as a nation state, making this move, the amount of acceptance Bitcoin has garnered since 2013, since 2014, is there a possibility, you think, in some of these boardrooms that are having conversations like, all right, maybe we shave off 10% of the... Well, so Open note actually has like a slide slide bar. bar. Yeah. So they can choose how much they want to convert. It's very easy to do so if they want to. Right. I presume they're just converting everything into US dollars right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I I open note charges a fee, right? So ultimately, if Bitcoin transactions hit a certain level, there's a direct incentive to switch to something more sovereign like BTC pay server because they save money. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, that trade-off isn't very apparent to them. They can implement it way quicker uh, to use something like OpenNode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once they hit that that line in the curve where it's like the cost of an engineering team to build this from scratch versus the amount of fees we're paying, OpenNode yeah. is probably where that decision gets made. And uh, and it also depends if they if they want to hold the Bitcoin. If they want to hold the Bitcoin, then obviously, then the 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 major trade-off of not using something like open note is it's harder to get the fiat right you have to actually manually go do trans you know transactions to convert uh if you want to hold bitcoin you don't have that issue yeah. um so these are all trade-offs that and and look if, if it's a smaller if it's a smaller merchant hopefully they're choosing to use a more sovereign option my guess is most of the smaller merchants are just going to use the government wallet because it has low fees and is easy to set up and they just want the US dollars. They don't want Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a learning curve kind of thing. I mean, if you start to think about a f- whole country, I mean, it's only it's 6 million people, but uh, so smaller than New York City, even after all the COVID bullshit that led to a mass exodus. Um, if you have a whole country adopting Bitcoin all at once, like the education hurdles are insane, right? Like the um, the... Bitcoin is hard enough for the freaks to grapple, uh, mm-hmm. like using Bitcoin, especially if you're talking about like privacy best practices. Um, so a lot of, you know, a lot of people will get burned and will have to learn, you know, the hard way, unfortunately. Um, but that just kind of comes with the territory. There's going to be hurdles, right? Yeah, exactly. I think we've seen seen this even in the rollout and the implementation. Uh, something Matt Alborg, I believe, paid for an invoice over Lightning and his, his name. Or no, he... Pointed out that people's names were being recorded and then they made a fix and thanked him and submit uh, right. voice payment or something. That's ridiculous. The craziest fucking timeline. So, right. so when you do a lightning invoice, 
We've talked about this on the podcast before. People don't realize you post a lightning invoice on Twitter. It's going to show your nodes public key. And from your nodes public key, you can find out a bunch of information. You can find out the IP address of the node mm-hmm. or the Tor address of the node. If it's only running through Tor, which it should be. You can find out the public channel capacity. You can find out the invoice amount and you can find out the memo of the invoice. Like, oh, you, Marty's paying me for beer. You put that in the invoice. If someone sees that invoice, they can see Marty's paying it for beer. They can see my node. They can see my tour address. They can see my public channel capacity. Their auto memo when someone was receiving on Chivo was their full legal name. And then it said full legal name by Chivo wallet, um, which to be honest, I was a bit of a hater when, when Matt pointed it out because I thought that they considered that a feature, not a bug, and they wouldn't change that. And they changed it within like a day of right. Matt tweeting out about it. But then they changed the description for every single memo of people's invoices to thanks Matt Alborg. Uh, so like you would just pay someone, if you paid someone from your lightning wallet, the, the payment memo would say, thanks Matt Alborg on it. And I, my immediate thought was, you know, you always say who is Klaus Schwab. There's like a bunch of El Salvadorians, like who is Matt Alborg? <laughs> oh, Matt Alborg just pulling strings in El Salvador. Anybody listening, Matt Alborg's an incredible individual, awesome. incredible uh, data analyst in the space, particularly focusing on emerging economies and how they're adopting Bitcoin. His research on uh, the peer-to-peer exchange uh, culture and, and volume in places like Nigeria, Venezuela, um, India is incredible. Useful tool now. Yes, yes. He just joined BitRefill full-time. And then the other hurdle talking about BitRefill was oh so first of all i think all the memos still say matt alborg on them i'm not sure if they changed that hopefully they change that sometime soon because that's just confusing um and then the other hurdle was the 30 dollars in bitcoin that they mm-hmm. give you in your wallet you had to send within the chivo network for like at least I, they people were saying like three to five payments between people before you could actually send that 30 dollars worth of bitcoin to the wider network and i think bit refill said at one point that they had 8,000 failed transactions of people from El Salvador trying to buy bit refill, like prepaid mobile top ups and stuff uh, with the Chivo helicopter money. Um, yeah, I saw Sergey tweet something out about that, but they didn't respond saying, oh, I was mistaken or something like that. Did he say that? I think so. I mean, I'll- but anyway, for sure, the $30 couldn't be spent right away. There was multiple reports on that aspect of it. I don't know if BitRefill actually had 8,000. Fi- that was pretty impressive. I was, in, I was impressed that that many people tried to use BitRefill. But I assume a lot of people just tried to immediately send it off wallet, and those people were being denied from doing yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so here, here is the survey. Sorry, I thought you were talking to your lady, so I just kept on talking. No, I was talking to you. Okay. Oh, no, I, I have a... Um, you have a screen to your left. Record here. Find all the information here. Uh, it appears that $30 offered by the Chiva wallet aren't real Bitcoins, can't be sent out. All right, so this was the correction you made. It can't, aren't real Bitcoins. 8,000 invoices created the past couple hours on BitRefill. That's crazy. It couldn't be paid. Seems a correction is in place is the response to that tweet. Um, and he quote tweeted 42 papooses on Twitter. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Bukele, I officially pull my $30 out. Appears you need to make a few transactions first, so... I liked how Bukele, the president of El Salvador, was like tweeting out text support. Well, that and I think more importantly to keep this, I, I think we got to keep it bullish for engagement. 
Well, that not, not even that. Like I, I think we're under the agreement that we're going to spend a lot of time on this particular topic in this episode. And yeah, it's, a, it's not every day that the first country yeah. ever is going to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Sorry. Yeah, so the other, like, obviously, there's this whole technical side, and there's the geopolitical, cultural uh, moment in history side of it, uh, which was it, it, obviously the law becomes law. Uh, that's incredible. Bitcoin is just cemented in a nation state as a legal currency to use. And then you have at the same time, not only is Bukele giving out tech support, he's trolling the IMF. Uh, there was a flash crash on the day. The, uh, did the, the did El Salvador on. dump on us or did we dump on them? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there was that like market buy $30 worth of Bitcoin campaign that was going on. Right. Like everyone rose the price of Bitcoin yeah. leading up and then they all get their Bitcoin and then it dumped $10,000. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there were some deep crypto Twitter conspiracy theories about uh, like you know, traders in Korea or uh, China market manipulating. I like the take that the plebs all pumped the price. And then as soon as the Salvadorans got the Bitcoin, they just dumped on us. <laughs> Well, apparently not. Apparently, uh, Bukele was buying the dip. It was like he was accusing the IMF of the manipulation too, uh, of the price. Like, I'm buying the dip. We don't want. It was like buy. a sell the news thing, right? It was just yeah. traders being well, traders. We're not here for the price talk. Like whatever happened with the price that day it was just funny that it happened. Two hundred uh, by conference day. You have a nation state openly trolling the International Monetary Fund. An institution historically that has acted essentially like a, a shark PE firm <laughs> with emerging economies, filling them up with debt and getting them into deals uh, that aren't very favorable for for the local people. And and to see you know, the country like El Salvador and its president come out and on Twitter troll the IMF, like what does that do to other countries that may may not uh, view? the IMF very favorably. Do they become emboldened to take a, a similar stance? And Very few that, like the IMF, right? Already. Yeah. yeah. They're a bully. They have a lot They're of international control. bully. Yeah, they have a lot of control. And like no one, no one has the power to stand up to them except for like a few countries that have undue control over them to begin with. So yeah. Um, so yeah, Bitcoin does give them some independence. They, this is the first country to ever explicitly say that they're buying Bitcoin and holding Bitcoin. And buying the debt. Right. In favor Implicitly. of the IMF's debt uh, or billion dollars that they offered them or whatever it was. But, but. So, I mean, I know you saw my tweet yeah, I like where that. I compared it to a CBDCB strategy. Yes. And... It is, there is a lot of similarities to what a CBDCB rollout would be. Completely agree. Um, and it's, I think well, it's important to realize here, Bukele didn't have his own currency to begin with. So like his hands were tied if he wanted to truly roll out a CBDCB. But instead, because he didn't have his own currency that he was already printing, he's using the US dollar. Bitcoin was like a neutral option. But at the end of the day, he is basically he he is he's telling a lot of merchants that were mostly doing cash deals they were mostly doing cash transactions paper cash transactions that are highly private um and now they're forced to accept digital payments and most of them if they want us dollars are going to be using the government wallet which he can have he has full insight into 
and he can seize he can seize and freeze it at will. So I think it's important to realize here that while it's clearly better than a CBDCB rollout because Bitcoin is involved and it's at least for right now has complete compatibility with the open monetary network that is Bitcoin and Lightning. Um, there is some pause and there should be some concern over the idea of digitizing an economy without privacy safeguards in place. Completely agree. Completely agree. And that is why it's imperative that uh, people like the team at Samurai, that's Vector, others working on privacy technology, join market, world, or excuse me, uh, Wasabi. Uh, sorry if I started some beef there, but yeah. I mean, you didn't really start beef. If they want to use Wasabi, they need to have $5,000. I like, I think that kind of just knocks out the majority of the Salvadoran population, that regardless of implementation details. Lightning. But there are these shimmers of hope and light. Obviously, again, Aaron being able to use a, a non custodial wallet to pay for something. Hopefully, uh, merchants are able to use similar software and even if they're not hopefully socially they they have their their government mandated uh lightning wallet and their their self-sovereign one their btc pay server that they they run a few transactions or something like that um but again that's separate right they're the first through the door this is their implementation the world is watching they're obviously seeing the attention that's being drawn towards el salvador again does this embolden other nation states, particularly those uh, that aren't part of the, the Western elite, the G7, the G8, do they begin to make similar laws, yes. potentially similar implementations, potentially different, different implementations, more privacy respect, uh, respecting implementations? Like, again, like, is this a domino that leads to a, a crazy rush to Bitcoin from, from these upstart countries? I mean, I think if you're going to talk about a country um compelling by compelling people to accept bitcoin um through a legal legal tender law like it's you can't really at least especially when they got rid of the whole invoice thing where it was just giving out their name like i mean at the end of the day like how much do we expect from governments right like i i it's it, it's a pretty good implementation for the amount of time they had i think it's like a decent role model um or like uh case study basically for other countries that want to implement something. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think it's like Bitcoiners when it used to be that one of my favorite parts about Bitcoin, Twitter and Bitcoin, Reddit and Bitcoin, IRC and Bitcoin talk was that the best critics of Bitcoin were the Bitcoiners themselves. Yep. The, the no coiners and the Bitcoin deniers always would have all their bullshit, whatever, you know, Bitcoin's boiling the oceans, it's a Ponzi scheme, it's all these other things. But the Bitcoiners were always very critical, right? And there's there's like kind of this insidious thing that's happening on Bitcoin Twitter over the last year or so, where it's it's gotten a bit intellectually lazy. Like I feel like people are scared to be critical and they need to be always bullish and just hand wave everything away. And if a government was giving people $30 with strings attached to how they can spend it, that wasn't Bitcoin, Bitcoiners would be up in arms. 
but because it was thirty dollars in Bitcoin, good point. It's like, okay, so like, how? What? When's the next airdrop? And the, the, if there's a next airdrop and it has an expiration, you have to spend it at you know Chivo Merchants, and you have to do it within three weeks or whatever. Are we going to be mad then, or are we just going to hand wave that away too? Yeah, very good point. And I'm very happy that that we're here discussing this right now because it, it is important to keep these moves in check and like so that again like chiva wallet they responded very quickly to that invoicing thing now they're making matt alborg the, the supreme leader of el salvador via the lightning as as who is matt alborg as described by the lightning <laughs> network uh is there do you think there's enough social pressure from an incentive uh social pressure from bitcoiners who know how to do it correctly and incentive where if you do it correctly, it's going to be much better off because people are going to want to do more commerce in your within your borders. Like, is, do you think there's a chance with El Salvador specifically that that Bukele uh, tries to surprise people by um, listening to, to privacy critiques and encouraging potentially I don't know, maybe. and individuals to use look non-custodial wallets as far as i'm concerned i've never expected a government to work in our best interests it's uh, very good assumption where privacy is involved so if he does that's a net benefit you know and if he doesn't then it's status quo it's 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 to be expected um i think in general most of bitcoin adoption has been in western countries with people who don't need to spend their bitcoin that are also receiving large salaries or a decent, you know, livable salary in whatever fiat that they're from. And they spend that fiat and they hold their Bitcoin, right? They take their Bitcoin, they probably buy on a KYC exchange, mm -hmm. they send it to cold storage. And then three years later, the price is up 10x and they forget how to spend it from cold storage. That is like the main adoption angle that has been happening for the last few years. Now we have a full country that is living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. They don't really have much savings. They're, they're high velocity payments. It's, they're receiving money, they're sending money very quickly, right? They're not like holding it um, because they don't have a choice. That, that's, that's the life that they have. And those people are gonna be up against spending UX issues and spending gotchas in terms of privacy, mm -hmm. right? Especially if you look at it from a privacy perspective. So hopefully this kind of, I mean, it's unfortunate but this is just how it happens, right? It always happens that people basically, especially in the open source world, especially in open markets, free markets, you know, they're going to they're gonna go up against these pain points, right? That exist. And we don't really realize they're there because people aren't spending that much Bitcoin. And as they hit those pain points, you know, maybe the government isn't going to help, right? But these hmm. open source projects, these private companies that are operating in the space are going to discover these pain points and they're going to start making solutions for them and it'll get better from that point of view yeah no i agree i think that's exactly how it plays out right you have to explore the edges you're you're wandering into an abyss essentially with your hands out trying to figure out where the borders are uh more usage in this fashion and will will help find those borders and highlight pain points as my, matt said uh and then hopefully people build stuff that it gets over those pain points yeah it's like and that's but that's the other thing like a lot of people are very bullish a lot of people rightly so very skeptical and critical uh and that's the beauty of bitcoin like the stuff's gonna happen like, like anybody can decide to 
leverage the network at any given point in time and, and it's open source they can try to interact with that open source code in many different ways and you're just seeing the product of the nature of the essence of, of the bitcoin network play out um, it's fascinating and again there's the technical side of it and there's the cultural geopolitical side of it uh, it's going to be very interesting to see and i guess we can segue that before go ahead before we segue i mean i kind of touched on it when i said that you know there's like a lot it's like a pretty decent implementation how they did it at the end of the day um rad vladdy in the comments mentioned this and i think i should be more explicit about it i mean the fact that the laws the law the bill as written their bitcoin bill as written states that users and merchants can use whatever wallet, Bitcoin wallet they want to use, is obviously uh, that that's a that's a massive win. Like we will see countries that do it on a that are that are closer to a CBDCB, right? That force you to use a government wallet. Like I expect that to be, you know, part of the process of of adoption. That's what Christine Lagarde wants. That's what she's trying to push right. through the ECB right now. So they should be strictly applauded for that that at least we don't know they might there could be you know soft restrictions that happen in the future they you know they make it more difficult for people trying to operate in a sovereign way um they can pr keep providing incentives for you to use the government wallet like free money that you can only spend in the government wallet right people like free money most people like more convenience they can keep it more convenient they can keep it cheap and they can kind of keep the majority of people in their ecosystem in their wallet but at least that's more soft power rather than explicitly saying you have to use the government wallet. Yes. Yeah. Um, we shall see. We shall see. We've got a conspiracy theory in the, uh, in the live comments on YouTube. I'm not going to mention it. Too controversial. Is yeah. anything too controversial for Marty Ben? No, considering uh, the, the appeal we just went through, I don't feel like talking about vaccines anymore. <laughs> Uh, I see the message. <laughs> the, uh, you can go through the live, the live. Marty, Marty's yeah. last uh, interview with uh, George Gammon uh, was fire, and everyone should go listen to it. But uh, he got um, it got the video got pulled from YouTube, and then he appealed it, and he won the appeal, so it got put back up. Yes, I'm trying to be a good, good YouTube citizen, Susan. Try my best here, dude. You haven't been uploading to Bitcoin TV. I know. I've, it's, Bitcoin TV fixes this. Yeah, don't you have you added the YouTube URL? All you have to do is yes. just paste the URL, click the publish button, paste the YouTube URL, and it even pulls the description and title. You don't have to do anything. Well, it's much easier. Paste. It's much easier than the manual process. It was only a month yeah. ago. They're working hard and iterating fast at BitcoinTV.com. Uh, one more thing to add on the El Salvador story. Interesting to note. Bitcoin, obviously, a superior product in terms of moving money around the world. Uh, I forget which analyst team crunched the numbers, but if El Salvador remittance market moves, or actually, I think they think the impact of Bitcoin becoming legal tender will reduce Western Union's revenues in El Salvador by $400 million, which I imagine is significant for. So this is like classic CNBC, right? Is that yeah. Bukele came out, he was like, we are going to save our citizens. $400 million in remittance costs. And then CNBC releases an article. Western Salvador Bitcoin adoption is going to cost Western Union $400 million. Okay. Um, Uncle Marty Sprint, true, CNBC. Though. False, false uh, fake news. 
I mean, it's no, it's real news. It is going to cost them. It's four hundred million dollars worth. Yeah, of but sales. is it going to cost Western Union specifically four hundred million? Maybe not. Yeah, probably. It's like Western that. Union and MoneyGram. I think they're this. Are they the same company now? I don't know, but they're becoming obsoleted by Bitcoin. Uh, so, I mean, it makes sense kind of from the CNBC angle, right? Because if you own Western Union stock, you should probably sell it for Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for bringing the CNBC story. I thought it was a more reputable analyst. I just saw it go by in the fly. No, it's 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 true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It is going to cost them, you know, almost a half a billion dollars. And 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 that that number was going up. That was a uh, remittances are have only been going up to El Salvador. Yeah. We imagine as the uh, the dollar is losing value, you got to send more abroad to uh, achieve the same purchasing power, right? That's another thing to think about. Uh, in those numbers, right? Maybe they're going up because inflation is is rising, and uh, you have to pay more to get the same thing. Which maybe this isn't next on the list, but a topic I wanted to talk about. We could segue to while we're talking about inflation is yesterday, the uh, head of the Economic Council um, for the Biden administration came out and just tried to gaslight everybody on inflation, saying like, "Hey, if you take out <laughs> beef." pork and poultry there is no inflation your grocery bills essentially the same it's in line with historical inflation and like and it, gas housing education well that so that's the things you spend money on there's many so there's many layers to this uh particular uh, talking point from the Biden administration was the way he framed it was the there's a meme going around about grocery prices so he, he immediately just uh, created boundaries of of the inflation discussion to groceries only because of this grocery prices rising meme that that he needs to address and, and again talks about beef pork and poultry being the main driver of the inflation in that basket of goods in the grocery basket and it's <laughs> number one it's like are right, you you're assuming most americans don't eat uh beef pork and poultry like it, it's an important part of their diet just eat vegetable get to go vegan and you'll You'll be able to get by on the same. The prices uh, of bugs isn't going up, <laughs> right? It's only going down, but that's like that's like uh, again the framing in multiple ways, like just keeping it the grocery thing. Oh, if you just discard uh, like the the highest protein foods that many of you eat on a daily basis, like it's, there's not really any, any inflation. Then again, like you mentioned, it doesn't even touch on like gasoline prices, natural gas prices, education, education, housing, housing healthcare. It's, it's our main cost. Those are our main right? costs. That's like crazy propaganda rhetoric. Like, hey, here's the framing of the conversation. And here's if you just discard this inflation, it's not that bad. It's the like, beauty the of inflation, the beauty of inflation uh, for an organization such as the U.S. government is they're able to tax everybody through a hidden inflation tax. And then if you successfully escape the inflation tax by buying hard assets, such as Bitcoin, then they charge you capital gains that are inflated through the inflation. So it's uh, it's going to get really messy before it gets better. Yeah. I mean, I saw people tweeting out earlier this week, they're going to be coming for your IRAs. Who knows what will happen with this? Uh, debt ceiling. We go through if, for any of you. The debt ceiling always gets raised. Yeah, exactly. But now they're posturing. Janet Yellen's talking about a government default. Like the, those headlines are. We're at that part of the. the I still like the idea of just printing, the printing the platinum coins and just trying to fall our debt. You're you're making uh, Joe Weisenthal smile right now. He's a big fan of the trillion dollar coin. You can just do it. Just let's just do it. Why not? It's it's really because we're the global reserve currency still. 
like it's it becomes a tax on everyone else yeah it's, it's, i mean i just like i like the chaos play like it's just like it's like you can so just fucking do it right just fucking just what is the difference between a trillion dollar coin and printing three trillion dollars and hitting enter like just <laughs> plugging three trillion uh into i know but it'd be cool if they had the coins yeah it's something to look at like you'd have biden like just you like puts them on the desk he's like we've paid our debt let's just repurpose a rye stone let's just go all the way back to the island of yap just bring out a rye stone this is worth this is this is our two trillion dollar coin believe it we we, de we decreed it it is so it is that way it's the way the monetary system works these days freaks uh but again going back to the point of why i brought up the inflation topic <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it's just like I wrote it in the newsletter yesterday. It'd be funny. It'd be laughable. I'm laughing now, but it is a bit unnerving. Like it's just like overt gaslighting uh, from. I think Nick Carter said they were going to call people who who claim there's inflation conspiracy theorists and terrorists. Um, yeah, I mean, and then right after that, you have Biden's the announcement of announcement. That's a, the other thing I mentioned. In the newsletter yesterday is uh, Jen Psaki, uh, Biden's press secretary, that's her title, uh, came out and gave an announcement of an announcement. That I don't even know if it happened yet. Um, I've seen tweets of leaks of what's going to be in it, but Biden's going to lay out his six-step plan to uh, to get back our freedoms or to beat the Delta variant, whatever it is. Uh, and it was Are just, we still only at Delta? I th there's another one creeping up, I believe. Maybe Lambda. I've been hearing Lambda. I don't know if that's like a troll or an actual um, line that, that the experts are running with these days. Um, but yeah, it's the other thing. It's like the overt, like st a six-step plan. Like, just like here, plebs, we're gonna go through these six steps. We're gonna get through all this. There's a very overt propaganda day yesterday. Maybe. There's like politicians saying new world order now. Yeah. In, uh, in Australia. Like, are they just trying to trigger us? Like I, I also, I also didn't, I didn't understand. Like first I didn't understand why they called the vaccines jabs. That just seems like an overt negative term. Mm -hmm. And then like, they just kept saying build back better to just try and trigger Marty as much as possible. And now they're just explicitly saying new world order. Um, but if you go to Twitter, the Twitter, there's conspiracies out. <laughs> Did you see the Twitter description of like the trending? Would they change the definition of? Well, here I'll read new it. New world order. They like released a definition of new world order, right? It's like <laughs> oh, a yeah. world where yes, our, have different rules or something. The hottest, the hottest woman in Bitcoin Twitter stopping to crypt. Um, he he tweeted out a screen. I haven't seen her up. in a while. Right. Unfounded claims about the new world order conspiracy theory are shared after an Australian government official used the expression during a press conference on Thursday. New South Wales Chief Health Officer Dr. Kerry Chant used the phrase during a press conference on Thursday. Fact checkers, the fact checkers, have regularly debunked claims connected to this conspiracy theory. The phrase is commonly used to describe times of change and cultural shift. Duh, plebs. There's a definition to this. We're going through cultural shift like why couldn't they be better at messaging? you know like why are you saying that like i don't even know it's just weird they said the quiet don't, part don't let twitter get away with this this is like an overt again gaslighting like, no i know i'm 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 aware it's a I term really, to it's a term to define cultural shift it's never like that. 
Like I double checked to make sure it wasn't like a deep fake. We haven't even really hit the tip of the surface of deep fakes. Like it's going to get way worse in terms of deep fakes. But like I double checked to make sure because it just seems so ridiculous that they would use that exact terminolo- terminology. Well, the Australian health minister used it, but someone else used it too. Did an American politician I, use the term? I'm going to be surprised that Justin Trudeau did uh, or somebody up in Canada or an American politician for that. I want to be surprised if any of them. That's the thing. That's, like The New World Order, obviously that's been uh nwo like if you've been around internet culture it's always been uh, something in what many people would deem as conspiracy theories others there is hacker known as 4chan i would say the probability that there are people who want to make a new world order is greater than zero that's how i would describe it and uh but that's the only only one like many of them in coordination have been saying build back better build back better nancy pelosi is announcing plans for the build back better act uh, here in the yeah, Biden tweeted out about Build Back Better today. Yeah, and there's about taxing uh, the rich people. To yeah, build Trudeau's back saying it. Uh, Boris Johnson in England saying it. Uh, Christine Lagarde said it. Like it's being repeated. It's like this weird. And you'd think they'd be more. That's like, and they just rubbing it in our faces. Like you think no. they'd be more cognizant of the fact that people don't uh, jive well with these. Particular I don't think projects. there's that much organization. I think it's. Uh... The build back better stuff. There's, I don't think our best people are up there. You know, they're not our best people. Maybe they're somebody else's best people. I don't really think so. The clown right. show. They're very good puppets. On a positive note, on a positive note, it was really great to see the filled stadiums of drunk college kids uh, for college football. How great was that? So good. The uh, Virginia Tech enter the Sandman. There's my American the- bias is showing, but it just felt felt really good. Yeah, Watch. It was like a resistance thing, you know? It, oh. it wasn't just college football. Yeah, my wife went to Penn I went to DePaul University, no football team, so I had to, uh, in my home state as well. My wife went to Penn State, so I watched the Penn State game on Saturday. Boring first half. Penn State pulled it out. Uh, fell asleep during the Clemson, Notre, or uh, is that Clemson, Notre Dame? I can't even remember. But uh, was it Notre Dame, Georgia? I forget. Clemson, Georgia. Whatever the game was, it just felt great to have college football back. You can tell. I love sports. Yeah, it was it was it was good. Yeah. Um be aware of the propaganda freaks. Is it just is the distraction back? Maybe that's uh it was great to see. But it's like, all right. No. Here come vaccination passports, but we'll give you college football so you can get No, there I mean, but but those schools aren't those schools didn't have vaccine passports. Yeah. Right? I don't I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Some do. I know some do. But not the ones that were filling up 70,000 person stadiums. No, Virginia Tech, I doubt it. Um, other schools. Well, I don't know every school. I mean, bread and circuses, right? Like the freaks yeah. remind me whenever I talk about sports, bread and circuses. But, you know, there, there is a large contingent of Americans who saw those crowded stadiums of kids having a good time without masks on um, and thought it was the scariest fucking thing ever. And I looked at it and I was like, Really good to see. It's normal. It wasn't even like I wasn't even watching the football. It was just it was great to see. It was it's great to see them having a good time dancing and being being college kids. Yeah. Degenerates at a football game. Yeah. There was that other half of the internet too that was shaming. We're in the middle of a pandemic. This is disgraceful. We're never gonna beat Delta. 
the virus is going to be around for a while. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, back to Bitcoin stuff. Exchanges adding lightning. That was a long tangent. It was, it was necessary, though. They're gaslighting. They're gaslighting. Like overt propaganda around this stuff. It's like it makes you think, like, if, if they're willing to do it this overtly, um, are they being crass and, and bold or are they worried? This is what uh, I don't get about people who are like, who think like I'm fudding when I talk about critically about Bitcoin privacy. It's like if like we just watch the world governments crush small businesses, tell people they can't leave their homes, force, you know, um, uh, medical injections on them. And most and most people just stood by and let it happen. You think anyone is going to stand up for Bitcoiners when they come for us? Like only Bitcoiners will be standing at that point. And I would like us to be prepared. Like, I think we'll be successful regardless, but it'll be more painful if we're not prepared. I love that mentality. You're only as strong as your weakest link. You, you can have the best narrative, the best uh, tech, the best tech stack, the best engineering approach. Uh, but if you don't fine-tune for that weak link and try to make it as strong as possible, it doesn't. none of that matters if your weak link can be exploited. And governments are... Uh, successfully able to force individuals to use privacy uh, eroding tech uh, as they interact with Bitcoin without the opportunity to use alternatives and this mission has failed. I, I have someone asking, what does be prepared mean in this context? It means use your own node. It means hold your own keys. It means constantly educate yourself on privacy best practices when using Bitcoin. It means being humble enough to realize that we've only scratched the surface in our own understanding of Bitcoin and we can learn a lot more. And it means that as a community, we should be constantly striving to improve our tools, our education, and the network as a whole. Co-signed. Couldn't have said it better myself. Speaking of exchanges and ways to preserve privacy, bull Bitcoin, uh, is an exchange that takes that uh, very close to their heart and they try to implement that to their tech stack. They've recently announced, uh, not that this has anything directly to do with privacy. Record. Marty's, Marty said I've got fucked up and I don't know if he realized it or if only I realized it, but I hope you enjoyed my dance when I realized. But the cool part about um, the bull Bitcoin integration is that is not necessarily the sense. Oh, he's back. Back, can you hear me? Yeah, and I'm recording now. Boss. Could Thank you God. hear the echo on your side? No, that's just. I think. Uh, you, my dance. I I think my dance was was very fitting with my echo. Is that what the echo was like? God damn! It's the third time that's happened this week. Uh, really? I need. I need a new computer uh, or an external hard drive. I. Uh, it seems that my storage just failed. It's time. This laptop's very old. Uh, God, dude. Get more storage. Uh, <laughs> I love, my favorite part was the, it just, when you dropped out, it just said I was the host and I just turned to them. I was like, I'm the host now. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know if you caught my smirk on the way out before I, I hopped out and then back in. I, I just had visions of you extending the live stream for, for hours on end after we finished the official rip. Well, it's not, I mean, I, I'm glad that didn't cut the stream. Um, but anyway, we were talking about bull Bitcoin and the cool part isn't necessarily selling on bull Bitcoin. Bull Bitcoin is a non-custodial exchange. 
Um, so when you buy, usually as soon as you send them fiat, they're supposed to send you a Bitcoin. And on chain, that's super easy. But with Lightning, you have a bunch of UX issues in terms of liquidity and how you're going to actually send that transaction. You know, usually a person gives an invoice. So what they did was they implemented LNURL withdraw. And what was what's cool about it is they didn't want to end up in a situation where you try to withdraw on Lightning and they ended up being unwitting custodians, right? Because a, a major aspect of, of the way they deal with regulators in Canada is never being the custodian. So it's LNURL withdrawal where it hits an HTTP HTTP server and then HTTPS server and then uh, gives them an invoice basically through a withdrawal process that is instituted by the withdrawal side, but it has a fallback on-chain address. Ah. If your lightning payments fail, it'll it'll send it through on-chain. And and they open sourced it. Their implementation that on-chain. I'm saying so on-chain UTXO would be. The users or bull Bitcoin would custody of that and then figure out a way to send them. So that's another way. Like, would they get a, a on chain address? No, I think they get their, the on chain address from you as a your L and URL before note. you place the order. Just like they would nor in their normal flow, they just give ask you for an on chain address before you send them the fiat, right? Okay. So they they get that address already, and then if the if the lightning transaction fails, they they fall back to on chain. Oh yeah. Again, another unique way of implementing Lightning Network functionality into an exchange's stack. As Matt mentioned, Bull Bitcoin is unique or uh, in a unique niche of exchanges where they don't do custody. Swan Bitcoin's another. Um, and you just have Bitcoin sent to addresses that you give them. Uh, so it's like a, a very interesting particular business model to implement uh, Lightning for. It's like the non-custody side on the... No one had... I don't think anyone had really done that yet. No. The, and, uh, the deposit side is people have done that already. That that is simple, right? You yeah. you pay them lightning and they give you fiat. And and if if the lightning payment fails, they don't give you anything, right? You, that hurdle that that UX hurdle isn't there. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean Francis has been working on this for years. I think he may have first announced it at Hoddle Hoddle when we were both there. Uh, a few years ago, this cipher node, this project, so it's like this whole stack library. Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah, or maybe it was the one I was at and you weren't at. Um, but I remember seeing his presentation on the cipher node, essentially the library that he's making to to interact with Bitcoin. Right, but then we talked about it with him at Bitcoin 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's cool to see that progressing, just naturally adding to that stack as they need to provide utility and and use cases to their their users so shout out to francis and team where in the world is francis right now who knows who knows he got he got a he failed at orange pillings chris guy like he said he was gonna do ha chris if you're listening i, I extended an, an invite to the podcast i know i thought no shit corners are allowed on the show uh, there there are there are trade-offs i'm willing to make in that term, I don't want to consider him a shit coiner. I would consider consider him uh, somebody who's doing very something something very unique on the freedom fighter front up in Canada. 
I think he's doing something like For work. People that I, don't know, he's the gym bro from Canada. That <laughs> called everything out. Yeah. I, I've been following his story for the last uh, eight months or so. It's interesting. Like he's been harassed by the Canadian state many times, and he knows his right. That's like uh, he's a very good example of maybe why it may be important to understand your rights and know your rights. Because if you know how know your rights and are able to assert them to authorities, they do have to listen. He's the, and he's done. He's done that many times throughout this He's year. He's going to be sending out paid shitcoin tweets with him. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, Chris, if you're listening, yeah. So you tweeted out today. That he's got a crypto portfolio. Bitcoin's the old. He said dog. I have multiple crypto. Multiple. Which is not even grammatically correct, Chris. Like, what the fuck is a multiple crypto? <laughs> what the fuck is multiple Bitcoin? Multiple Bitcoin makes more sense. Bitcoin. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You already, you already fucking got cake on your face over that. You can't pull it back. I retract. Now. I retract. I retracted. Team Bitcoins. It's official in El Salvador. McDonald's. McDonald's is going with Bitcoins. There's nothing you can do about it. No, they had Bitcoin. No, they had plural Bitcoins. It's a win for Bitcoins there. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. We need to get a tally going, uh, freaks. If it doesn't you, make any well, sense. What is is it? Is it one point two three Bitcoins? Or is Bitcoin. It, is it 1.23 crypto? Like, or cryptos? Crypto isn't a thing. Crypto doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. Bitcoin is a thing. What if there was a coin called cryptocurrency? Like, Are you like, like running actually around believable. in the field with the deers and It's actually believable. Fishes? A shit coin called cryptocurrency is just like a huge marketing lot. How is there not one yet? Right? Yeah, you'd, I wish I was, I could take a time machine back to 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's about to release a shitcoin called cryptocurrency. Uh, Chris Guy, if you're out there, I'll I'll have a conversation with you. Maybe try to. I don't even want to say talk some sense. I'm not trying to lecture. Don't die on the hill. I'm not. Uh, you don't die on the hill either. I'll I'll, I'll throw the same advice at you. Uh, Who me? Yeah, you. Onto <laughs> some of our favorite topics here. Uh, IRS. Uh, the undercover operate did an undercover operation on local cryptos p2p exchange uh and and busted some people who weren't reporting i believe they uh it was just a single person it was a dark dark web drug dealer like the irs is going after a drug they're like shouldn't the et or atf did they say it was a drug dealer and it would be the dea marty the DEA. there we go agency. i'm sorry i'm getting my the atf is for guns yeah, tobacco there's so many of them. You forget, you know, you're, you're free. You're free. You have to remember all these agencies that can come take your, take your shit. Uh, the biggest success may have been the takedown of an alleged dark web drug dealer, tricking him into sending more than $180,000 in cash to the IRS in exchange for cryptocurrencies, according to the warrant. Uh, it was hilarious. The, the, why I opened the article and I'm reading a Forbes article because I wanted to, to pull the name up, uh, the the NIM that the IRS was running with, and it's just like hilarious and how <laughs> overt it is. Mister Coins, Mister Coins was the uh, the dealer. It's still up. The one of the reasons I put it in the thing is because I mean Forbes can go fuck themselves, but that that account is still on on local crypto. So local cryptos is like local bitcoins, P 2 P exchange, mm-hmm. um, and that this has always been a. This has always been a risk if you use these P2P exchanges that you could have an undercover agent on the other side. But Forbes did a freedom of information request and they got the fucking guy's username. And it, it has 100% feedback on the website. Yeah. Great, great buyer. He's, he's, 
He's a great facilitator of uh of Bitcoin trade. So just be aware, freaks. Yeah. Also, Marty, like, like what? for the next couple of years, you can be like pro Bitcoins if you want, but like no one's gonna be trading, you know, people. No one's gonna be interacting with with more than a Bitcoin anyway. It makes mm -hmm. no. It makes absolutely no sense. It's gonna be the most foreign concept ever. This is obviously creating a lot of internal conflict for you i, I think there's going to be it's not internal it's, conflict i just i just i just want some logical consistency i mean that's not in no why way why are you so bearish <laughs> no well no way is that bearish or logically inconsistent and it's just because it's a larger number doesn't mean the plural of bitcoins isn't bitcoins of bitcoin isn't bitcoins you know there's fucking decimals I think you. I think by going down this route, you're you're opening opening up Whatever. an opportunity. For the bits. You're opening up opportunity for the bits people to come in here. The bits people are. They've all died on the hill. The bits <laughs> people have all died on the hill. Uh. So the IRS, they're they're snooping. It was interesting. Like everyone's gonna be using IRS. Sex. How dumb of a drug dealer you have to be? Like send the IRS. They no. sent Mr. Coins. Mr. They didn't send the IRS the money. Shame on Forbes for the wording of the article. You're making it sound like, sound like they, the IRS created an address uh, and he knew he was sending it there. What do we got next? Uh, you're going to be pumped about this one. MasterCard acquires CypherTrace. I hope it's the worst investment they've ever made. It'll be even worse investment than the NFT they bought. Is or was that Visa? I don't even know who it was. Is this different than so it's Eclipse, CypherTrace is it's Eclipse, Chain Elliptic, Analysis. Elliptic, CypherTrace, Chain Elliptic. Analysis. Elliptic. What was the one Coinbase bought? Neutrino. Neutrino. And then uh, what's the one that Bitfury formerly has? known as formerly known as the hacking team? Uh, and then and then Bitfury has one. Uh called like peach, orange peach, or something. Peach, peach, I believe. I believe it was peach. Yeah, I knew it was a fruit. Uh, I remember I'm allergic to peaches. I, I don't know if that's boxing too much of my personal information. You know, freaks coming up and throwing peaches at me. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, if we haven't completely destroyed these chain surveillance firms' business model within five years, we've completely failed. I like that challenge. I like that mentality. Let's get on it, freaks. And it, this news isn't shocking. You you just expect Mastercard to do something like this, considering. They're they're coming from the incumbent system, which is loaded and bloated with KYC AML compliance layers. Uh, so Mastercard probably has to do this. And I guess that's maybe an interesting thread to pull on. Could this be used of like Mastercard implements something Bitcoin related, uh, and they're able to provide all this compliance data? to the regulators and the regulators then turn to the rest of the market and say, you need to do this as well. Fury is crystal, not peach. Crystal. I Freaks, when I look at my phone while we're on air, it's because I'm looking something up. Yeah. I don't have multiple screens. And you just weren't listening to anything I was saying. Uh, I You were saying that maybe they're going to implement something Bitcoin or crypto related, and that's why they need to have a chain surveillance firm, right? Potentially. But not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to say is, does MasterCard implementing very granular and detailed 
compliance data for regulators. Do the regulators get that and say, hey, look what MasterCard's providing us. Why don't you do the same? Because you got to think they're just going to inject this uh, cipher trace tech into all the data they're already collecting and just apply it to people. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's always been the MO. I think yeah. also, I think these companies make, like MasterCard has like a whole ad they like make money off your credit card information, like knowing your buying patterns yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like credit cards are basically corporate surveillance uh, companies to begin with. So it's a natural fit for them. If they want to move into Bitcoin land, it's a natural fit for them. Um, Cypher Trace is probably one of the cheaper ones, right? I never heard of them uh, until. Cypher Trace is the ones who keep pretending that they can track Monero. Uh, so that's the only reason I know about them because they're constantly in the news about it. And Monero stands up to come out and be like, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. It's not true. Well, in their defense, like Cybertrace keeps saying it and they're like, but like, we're not going to show you how we do it. Yeah, prove it. Prove it. I sympathize with you, Monero stands there. Uh, let's do shout outs, then we'll do software updates. Yeah, we need the shout outs. Hit us with the shout outs. Do, 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 do. Today is the ninth, so anything past the second. So, do you think our recording saved? I guess no matter what, we have the yeah. live stream recording. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. All right, here we go. What's up, gentlemen? I recently learned that a friend got introduced to Bitcoin by someone else a few years ago and had a negative experience. They were guided to some kind of brick and mortar Bitcoin dealer had them generate a single key paper wallet and told them not to make any copies. They then made a one-time large purchase, sent it to the paper wallet and kept their HODL in their wallet in their pocket. Lo and behold, they then got mugged shortly thereafter. I'm not sure whether to call this a theft or a loss as it seems to me it's kind of a conflation of both. Hearing this awful story made me thankful that I, I've instilled a minimum level of knowledge and responsibility in all the in all the noobs I've guided towards self-custody. All you Uncle Jims out there, do right by the people you're guiding into this space. Take their education seriously and instill the responsibility required when one wields the awesome power of self-custody. Thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for all you do, guys. Excuse me. I'm very... I, I, I like this. When uh, the, the shout-outs provide actionable data. And it's something... What is, is the actionable data? Don't carry around a paper wallet in your pocket and get mugged? That's one. That's one actionable uh, piece of advice here. So yeah, don't don't do that if you're out there. <laughs> don't keep it in your paper wallet for many reasons. Um, obviously, you can get mugged and get stolen. And I imagine uh, if you forget it in your wallet and you're just like smushing it around in your ass as you as you walk yeah, around, like, and sit down, like smudges yeah. and shit. Yeah, it's kind of doesn't degrade. last. Ink doesn't last forever. Not the best. Like uh, multi-sig, probably better. I feel like the dollar doesn't get enough credit. Like you can throw that thing in the washing machine. You can yeah. like, it, it, it lasts. A lot of people do cocaine with it and just rub it off right away. Nobody, nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, every time you get a dollar, it's free cocaine. Yeah. It's like 80% of the bills in the U.S. have cocaine. That's definitely fake news, right? Like that stat is definitely bullshit. I'm Judging by like how people talk about the energy usage of Bitcoin. Like I don't believe that stat anymore. That's a good, that's a good application of the uh, heuristic. If they're they're not really good at, at dissecting Bitcoin, are they good at dissecting the drug trade and people's uh, preferred tool of ingestion? But I guess the actionable advice is take your storage secure seriously. 
that. And then as somebody who's teaching, I think more importantly, somebody who's teaching others about self-custody, and I'm very happy that this freak uh, highlighted this as well. It's one thing I make clear before I ever even allow myself to to help somebody set up is like understand that you're this is comes with extreme ownership what about it's nothing Portnoy? to fuck around with i i did that to him it's just whether or not he listened right he That's, didn't yeah maybe he did and he's just like trying to keep good opsec no way that's a good point you, even if you do this at all even if you do this uh it's not ironclad how do you how do you drill that extreme ownership imperative home it's not easy you just lose your money and then you it's driven home. Exactly. You have to fuck up. So getting mugged. And it's a shame that he has a negative connotation with it. Um, I mean, that's what happened to me. I lost all my Bitcoin like six months ago and I just had start fresh. And I was like, Matt, you got to take it seriously from now on. Yeah, it was. I remember you called me after that. I had to give you a nice pep talk. Like, it's all going to be better, man. It's all going to be better. We'll get through this. Uh, next shout out. Short just says hi. Hey. Hey. Cheers uh, to you, freak. On chain payment. Cheers to you. Hi, whoever Was you it are. One sapper bite. Uh, pff, let me go back. Uh, cheers to, to you, bite. freak. Hi. I have to get a transaction idea. ID, excuse me. Fee. Five sats per bite. Mm. Overpaying. Overpaying. Oof. You could have waited. You sent this out on a. On the eighth yesterday, maybe maybe you didn't think one one set would have gone in a day. Oh yeah, that's fair. Well, hi, appreciate hi. it. Last but not least, Soft Simon Wiz. Let's create a three D VR slash AR interactive version of Mempool.space. How cool would it be to walk up to a three D block, open up the top, and view the transactions inside or the TXs inside? I just want to make these transactions. It's transactions. I wanted to make sure it was stand, stood for transactions. He wants like an, of course. It's a, let me let like me finish the shout out. We'll explain it. We'll explain it. Walk up to a three D block, open up the top, and view the transactions inside. Watch the transactions wow. grow in the three D mempool blocks, where a thousand plus sat per byte transactions drop from above, as if it weighs uh, an anvil, and one sat per. Uh, bite fall into the 3d mempool block like a feather will at folds said possibly incorporate this into folds ar feature on the app in due time bounty is available to individuals for construction let's manifest thoughts into things reference reference links uh we'll put in the show notes uh possible web-based version uh holding page for right now so i won't share that uh maxwell sikorsky has a tweet that we're going to link to there's a GitHub post with uh, a bounty, so we'll get that bounty information. How much and then, is the bounty? Maybe. he said. First of all, Mempool is an open source project, so if anyone wants to build this shit, they can build this shit. I personally think it'd be uh, pretty traumatic in this current Mempool environment for me to do it in VR or AR, but I appreciate the sentiment. Well, it, it reminds me of a block explorer like this that existed. It was, but it was a web page. And it had, it was either squares or balls. I can't remember. Uh, I remember it was balls. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the, something. And it made similar. noises, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. That, like, the larger balls seemed heavier, smaller balls with smaller transactions. 
just talking about balls here on TFTC. But no, the idea reminds me of that. I love that block explorer. Wiz, number one, thank you for the shout out. Number two, I I love this. Wait, it wasn't the shout out wasn't from Wiz. Was it? Yeah, the way it's Wiz. He was telling Wiz and Soft Simon that he wanted it. Oh, potentially. (laughs) I thought it was. The it's like way I, deer, oh, Wiz, and Soft Simon. I would like this. So there's no deer. There's no deer. Uh, it just starts with Soft Simon, comma, Wiz, period. So I think I thought that was like Soft Simon. It's Wiz. That's the way I took it. No way. Just a. There's no way. It's All right. What? Just a poorly. Free like, freak, you poorly formatted it. Marty's like he's like Ron Burgundy. He's gonna read whatever's on the <laughs> fucking page. Yes. I like this idea. Um that's it for the shout outs. We've got uh let me make sure this is yeah. Zorn, I'm reading the chat. Chill the fuck out. Don't feed the chat. I mean, he's he's telling me to read the chat. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm aware that it's happening. Yearning for your attention, you're giving it to him. Okay, I'm not reading the chat. Yes, yeah, see, see, Wiz <laughs> just responded. If I want to send Soft Simon a message, I probably wouldn't do it through an RHR shout out. But cool idea for future trolling purposes. All right, it's nice to know you're at least listening, Wes. I thought it was it's it's a it's a grammatical keep you on your toes, Wiz. Grammatical formatting issue leading to confusion here. And I, I as you freaks know, I will read anything like you will literally read anything in that text. <laughs> I do have some boundaries. Let's just let's make that clear. You there, read penis like 120 times in a row or whatever. Yes, but there is there is a limit of what I will read. I will just say, where is it? I don't know. We'll find it. We've had limits before. We've had to tell people I can't read this. On to software updates. Phoenix version 1.4.17 has been released. Uh, as usual, stop me. If anything major happens, uh, simple Bitcoin wallet version 2.0.9 has been released. Caravan version 0.3.11 has been released. Mempool version 2.2.2 has been released. Blue wallet version 6.2.5 has been released. And BTC pay server Version 1.2.3 has been released. We'll have the links to all those updates in the show notes if you're comfortable upgrading one experiment with any of that. That will be available to you if you're users of any of these apps, any of these software projects. Another thing, I think I saw Ben the Carman tweet out uh, yesterday that at least like the beginning uh, skeleton structure of Bitcoin Core version 22.0 or 0.22.0. No, no, it's 22.0 now. 22.0. 22.0. Yeah, that's right. That's they the big changed thing. it. So that's getting worked Nothing on. Nothing is real anymore. No, no. We'll have a, uh, these are considered major releases. Can we have like a hostile fork that's not a fork? It's just, we just changed the naming scheme back. Sort of like Bitcoin Knots was, right? I mean, not really. Okay, whatever. It was a bad joke. <laughs> the yeah. block height just keeps going up. New all time high. New all time high. New all time high block height. Uh, what else? I want to bring up that we didn't have on the list. Uh, there's been an interesting conversation started on the Bitcoin dev mailing list. Uh, I believe the first email went out yeah, about 13 hours ago uh, from Anthony Towns. And it seems that him and Greg Maxwell, where he was inspired by a conversation with Greg Maxwell and is building on an idea. Uh, let me see how he, he describes it so I don't butcher this. 
he was imagining how it might be possible for everyone on the planet to use Bitcoin in a mostly decentralized slash untrusted way without requiring a block size increase. And essentially via Taproot, uh, he's he's working on a covenants pr protocol and proposal uh, that Anthony seems to believe that uh, could improve privacy and uh, usability of bitcoin do you know can you explain it to us no not really but i have been uh, uh reading through it i can get to read the whole thread but there's a there's a mixture of responses that seem positive uh, it seems like it would be cool if uh it was possible and it's just no heroes or anything but greg maxwell and aj putting their heads together to think of a problem like this i think if it produces good results, it'll be good for Bitcoin. So if you're a subscriber to the Bitcoin dev mailing list, I know there's a lot of emails that go through that um, pretty frequently, that, that list. I thought this one was pretty insightful uh, and optimistic. When was that posted? 13 hours ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is okay, freaks. Low time preference. Low time preference. Yeah. If you're interested in... in Stuff going around development. Bitcoin's boring. You can't even build on it. Nobody's working on a development, Matt. Bitcoin's so boring. Like, who could build a a weekly recap for three plus years on it? What do we even have to talk about? We don't even have anything to talk about. We're uh, we're transitioning to a gaming show soon. I got to get into gaming. Matt's <laughs> buying Xbox. You got to get into gaming. Yeah, we'll see it. I'll, when I when when I see it, I'll believe it. Yeah. Not a software update, but something we like to highlight every month that comes out. Uh, Janine's This Month in Bitcoin Privacy dropped for August. Uh, talks about the U.S. infrastructure bill, privacy and proof of liability. Uh, I guess is that the, awesome. Yeah. Node support for Taproot and Majority. That's uh, notable news. Um, so he's going to help me with the privacy workshop at uh, the Oslo Freedom Forum in Miami. In Miami. Not in Oslo. October 3rd and 4th. Yeah. Are you going to be down there for that? I'm not, unfortunately. I had to respectfully decline. Me and Evan Kaloudis are going to do it in person. And then Janine is going to be helping us remotely. Not sure exactly how yet. I have to figure that out. We yeah. have to figure that out. Janine is awesome. Everyone subscribe to the newsletter. It's not a normal newsletter. She will not email it to you. Sure not. So, so you can subscribe to the releases on GitHub if you want to get notified. Otherwise, just know at the top of every month, she will post it. And we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for you freaks. Yeah. Depend on that as well. Uh, there is an intro to Samurai Wallet uh, ongoing show. This is cool. Every Wednesday, 1800 UTC. Yes. Well, I think it's four parts. Two of the parts have happened already. The next one's going to happen on Wednesday at 1800 UTC. They do it on their Telegram channel. Telegram recently added a video chat feature so they mm -hmm. can screen share and show the presentation while they, while they speak. That's really cool. Um, and it's all recorded and posted to Bitcoin TV afterwards. So yeah. I provided the link in the show notes for the first segment. The second segment happened yesterday because that was a Wednesday. That hasn't been posted yet, so I didn't provide a link to that. We'll put that in next week. Um, and the next segment happens next Wednesday. And it's Bitcoin Q&A and Brother Rabbit. Great format. 
It, it, they answer your questions. You can put them in the text chat and telegram. Um, yeah. I like that format a lot. It's like a, an evolution of clubhouse Twitter spaces. Telegram's just quietly building over there. Yeah. And uh, I will repeat that it's either one of the best projects that exists on the internet because they have zero monetization model and it's just... uh have the ads model now, don't they? No, he hasn't even added it yet. It's run by Durov and he just has all this money um, from his Russian Facebook that he's just been burning on Telegram and they just haven't, they have no monetization model yet. Um, so well, it's- The Lightning Network, dude. He's either awesome or- A spook. Yeah, it's a surveillance. But I, the cool part about him is like, you're not sure which one it is. Yeah. Like it could either be the Russians or the United States. I'm not sure which one he's he's working with. Um, but yeah. Or if he's working with them at all. I think Telegram quietly yeah. building. Yeah. Um, they had a shit coin, but they rolled it back. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like we're, we're talking about Blockstream every week now, so they're not quietly building. They're building out in the open. And like crazy right now, they announced a big deal uh, with McQuarrie uh, to form a green Bitcoin mark. Uh, mining partnership. Macquarie is a big asset manager over in Australia, I believe. Yes. Uh, it seems like to be a, a big partnership, even though I may not like the, the green <laughs> mining. Marty, you're on the board of an ESG company now. Oh, uh, yeah. Isn't that the truth? Don't, don't, don't drag me into those waters. Just, uh, it's only week two of it. Well, it's like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. And I have a I lot. Know. I that's, like what, that's the fun part about doing it. Yeah, so I, I'm just Welcome not going to be a, like that. That's what happens when you're a, a board <laughs> member of a public company. Uh, stay tuned. Um, yeah, no, is, they're going out there. They're partnering out with a pretty massive asset manager to go after mining operations. And uh, I believe in Australia. Um, I don't think it's in Australia. I mean, uh, the, the comp, the asset Macquarie or however you pronounce it is based in Australia. I don't think the mining operations are. Who the fuck would mine in Australia? That's a horrible idea. There's a lot of natural gas out there. If you can immerse those those machines in a warehouse build, that would make sense. That'd make a lot of sense. Do they have net gas in uh, Australia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not sure where this one's going to be. Maybe they don't just, say it, right? Yeah, it's just an expansion of their operations. I assume... In, uh, I assumed it was going to be in North America, but maybe I just, maybe my bias is showing. Like yeah. who would launch any kind of business in Australia right now? I assume the Australian point. firm was trying to diversify out of Australia. That's a good but point. I was just reading between the lines and maybe it's fake news. That's probably right. I would assume that's a, a correct assumption there. I Speaking assume of they were just like funding Blockstream's endeavors. Like I assume Blockstream does all the work and they just pay them. Like they give them money. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of mining, while we're on the topic, just anecdotally noticed a lot of activity, a lot of money being thrown around at mining right now. It's uh, exciting times, becoming more popular. I spoke with a, a very principled and uh, impressive Bitcoiner who was describing uh, the, the mining scene over in Europe. Uh, it's crazy. You think about it, the conversation revolves mainly around uh, the US and China and mining. Obviously, Kazakhstan, Iran, Venezuela get thrown in the mix. There's a lot of stuff going up 
on in Scandinavia and parts of Europe as well. The hash rate distribution is pretty, I don't want to say sufficient, but it's, uh, I'm not alarmed at all about the distribution of hash rate at this current moment. I think they're, I think people would be surprised at how geographically distributed it is. Um, obviously there's pockets of concentration, but that's going to happen in any market. I mean, I think the story of the hash rate right now is quietly super bullish and just not priced in at all. Right. Yeah. It was a huge stress test. Um, there's a lot of machines about to be delivered in 2021. We talked, we talked about that last week, I believe, but just in case, if not TSMC, uh, has passed. We talked about that. Yeah. Uh, a cost raise on Bitmain of like 20%. So you can expect, uh, that cost at the foundry level to get passed on to, to end customers. And that's More not gonna, basic. It's not going to stop at 20%. No, no, I don't think so. Not during this, uh, the supply crunch that the, the world is experiencing. What we got next, uh, the, you speaking of nation states and laws, less bullish on this one. Where, where are your thoughts in Ukraine law? So Ukraine, they've had this proposal, I think since the spring finally got voted on vast majority, I think it was like 276 to six, um, in whatever their Senate is, uh, or house, whatever, whatever they, they call it in Ukraine. I'm sorry if that comes off as extremely ignorant and noticing that as I'm speaking right now. Uh, however, so it's confusing. They've, they've legalized. Uh, cryptocurrencies and the, the ability of their citizens to access exchanges and and trade them. However, it's not legal to to use them to purchase goods and services, which makes me wonder. Like, if we have a freak, a Ukrainian freaks buy a shout out. Is that illegal? And they're buying a service. I mean, we don't know they're from Ukraine. We don't. No, we don't. But I'm like, I'm not saying. Yeah, it could be. It could be illegal them. for them. To me, it's like. Uh... It's like that's where my mind went immediately. Like, would they get was the bit license bullish? No, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. This feels like the bit license. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I tweeted out yesterday. I was like, seems like a step in the right direction. However, it would be a lot cooler if you just said it was legal to do this stuff. Um, they're like, yeah, now, they're now like, that you mentioned you that, it does have that type of that type of feeling. They're like, if you go through this burdensome regulation process. Yeah and register with Ukraine, then people can trade on your KYC exchange, but they can't use it as a means of payment. Yeah, it's odd. So are we going to cheer that on? No. Like then they, uh, Freak responded like, why are you, why are you at all? Uh, why would you call this a step in the right direction? Am I uh, thinking at the time, and maybe I still think about this, and Alex Gladstein responded to that as well. Like, it's just good. Um, again, from a uh, an optics perspective, I guess. Gladstein was like, it's better than an outright ban. Yeah. But like, if that's what we're measuring shit about, like, who, like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's it's like, maybe it's I'll, give, I'll give you, I'll give you slightly, slightly bullish. You yeah. know? I don't know what you call like, it bullish or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Bullish or bearish. Yeah. I think it's again. So obviously, this week, nation we don't expect government. Uh, sorry, nation state adoption on top of my mind. Like at first, it was like, oh, is this a reaction to El Salvador? But you find it's out the bill, the bill was written in the spring; it just got voted on. Um, and it's like, huh, is that is it? 
contribute to that domino effect we were describing earlier. I guess it's that's mostly a non-story, I would say. Okay. It's mostly a non like what what if I don't expect governments anytime soon to explicitly, you know, permit P2P payments in Bitcoin. I think that'll be a rarity, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it's like I don't expect the Ukrainian government to come out and be like use Bitcoin in a self-sovereign way and spend it, you know, and, and buy goods and services. I don't expect them to do that, you know. Yeah. So 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 I would just take that off the table. That would just be something that I just would not expect at all. Um but if this is what it looks like and to be clear the whole law is written in Ukrainian. So mm. I, I did Google translate. I tried my best. That's but, right. Um, if, 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 if the correct take is that it's the bit license and that it's like, okay, we're going to formally regulate exchanges. We're going to register them and citizens can use those KYC exchanges. Then what? They're just bringing themselves in line with the Western world. Right? Yeah. That's what's interesting about like the El Salvador's, right? It's like, and then what I think was particularly profound about the trolling of the IMF in public overtly from the president was like, is that an emboldening moment in history where those who aren't part of the Western hegemony uh, see it as an opportunity to, to get their fair share? We shall see. We'll see. I think it's going to begin happening quicker and quicker and faster more of these announcements are going to come out. Uh, we'll be here to talk about it every Thursday, sometimes Saturdays when we do live shows. Did you uh, ever upload that? I haven't gotten the file yet. Gary's, Gary's hunting it down for me. Okay. Terrible audio quality. I mean, worst comes to worst, we can just upload the YouTube one. Uh, somebody, somebody I think it needs to be in the feed just for continued... Posterity's sake. Yeah. Yes. yes, I agree. Continuity. I agree. Continuity. Yeah. Um, last but not least, Swan Bitcoin had uh, a very, a very big campaign push yesterday. Works to me Tuesday with the uh, with the launch of uh, Bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador. Bitcoin is for everyone. Let's meet Bitcoiners in every country. And so there's been the, uh, the Twitter campaign, and then obviously Swan has a, a video as well. Um, it's very empowering to see how many people around the world. Uh, are using Bitcoin. It's only everybody was a drug dealer or <laughs> or or somebody doing something illegal in that video. It's only used by those types of people. My if you dog watch is the video, dreaming right now underneath my table. I'm here um, talking, and you're just. No, I was listening to you. I I agree. That's why I put it on the list. I think it's a powerful message, and it's a cool campaign. Yeah, I think they have 56 out of 195 countries right now. Need to pump those numbers. How many countries? 195. Bitcoiners all over, freaks. I'm seeing a picture right here in front of the Empire State Building. That was it for the list. What um, what are we thinking? Any uh, anything you want to end on here? Are you going to extend this into a five-hour long? Live stream inviting in Rodolfo. No, that's you had to be there for that. Freaks together strong. Um, I came back. I did come back for that. No, I just said like the freaks had to be there for that. You know, 
Um, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I mean, it's oh. interesting times. We live in interesting times. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Let's go. Let's go. I talked about something I didn't want to talk about. We were talking about it before we started. Is what we can't talk about or we can no i'm talking i'm talking about this idea not that marty i'm talking about i'm talking about um this phenomenon that a bunch of ethereum stakeholders <laughs> who have been giving bitcoiners shit for a bunch of years now sound oddly familiar it's hilarious. All right. So we were talking about this earlier. Obviously, Solana is blowing up. <laughs> it's crazy. And this is what I told Matt before we went live. Like, it's crazy how it leaks into your personal life. Like, today I went to the gym uh, and I ran into a buddy from high school a few years younger than me. But we played lacrosse together. And so we were catching up. He reads the newsletter. Uh, he was like, What do you think about Solana, bro? I'm <laughs> just like, It's. Yeah, it's it'll probably pump this out there. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm focused on stacking sets. The cycle repeats. Uh, we've talked about it many times on this show, but it, it is hilarious. A beautiful sight to see the Ethereum uh, intellectual uh, Illuminati or whatever you want to call them. Uh, <laughs> ETH Maxis. ETH Maxis. Call them what they are. It's, it's just hilarious watching them freak out when the very same tactics they. Have employed on on the Bitcoin network for for many years, uh, and just get held up in mirror form to them. With it's with, the same exact arguments, like cheaper, faster, more performing. Right. Yeah, um, like that one dude was like, like the world's reserve currency isn't going to have private sales to insiders. Like, what what are you are you aware of what happened with ETH, or are we just pretending that didn't happen? That's the thing. Like, are they? Like, do they, because a lot of the, uh, I mean, I think it's public knowledge, a lot of these uh, people pushing ultrasound money in Ethereum is uh, better than Bitcoin came in after uh, the pre-sale and that, that whole launch, which we were around for. And I remember the conversation around. It's the uh, same exact thing. Same exact thing. And I mean, Alex Berg, I think, pulled up, or it might have been Grubles, put up the chart of the initial coin sale and just completely manipulated, like a, a day or half a day before it closes up. The line goes parabolic uh, up and to the right, signaling that, that one large or a few large entities scooped up the majority of that. that Who's analysis? Was that Hasu's analysis? I'm not sure. I'm not sure been around for a while and then yeah i don't know it's hilarious because now eth is dealing with their own flipping drama with another fucking chain and i don't know it's just funny to see um well this is again this is why i think like don't trade that shit i just stay on both stack sets that was my advice he was like well can i make some money i was like i mean can you make some money is it within the realm of probability and possibility probably are you likely Till probably no. I, I don't know. Like, unless you're stuck to your computer, looking at charts all day and, and timing the market. That's what I said. Is like, with how quickly these things go to shit. Like, if you're not by your computer or 
most people, I don't, I don't most people suck at trading. Yeah. Most yeah. people suck. Well, even if it's not shitcoin trading, even if it's Bitcoin trading, even if it's Apple stock trading, yeah. whatever, I mean, most people suck at trading. That's another thing. Like uh, another example of don't leverage trade was Tuesday with that fucking right. $10,000 uh, flash crash pure margin long thinking i mean it's so incredibly stereotypical to set up like big news day classic buy the rumor sell the news uh but human nature dictates that and then people are going to think it's a bullish event they go lever long and then you have a ten thousand red candle uh, that ten thousand dollar red candle just destroys you so a couple of things here uh obviously don't leverage trade don't trade uh but don't leverage trade um, you will get wrecked, you'll learn your lesson, and then you'll learn to stack sets anyway. So I don't really have to say it too often, but just keep that in mind. Um, the I we we had so so F, FTX and and SBF uh Sam Bankman Fried, co-founder of uh Salon, uh co-founder of FTX. <laughs> um is a major promoter of solana mm -hmm. um the oh before i get there so this is something i've theorized many times in the past we've talked about it on the show in the past this idea of trying to prioritize low fees and fast transactions um is just a race to the bottom like someone else can always be more centralized than you um and what happens is you're basically, it's a high time preference decision because if you try and prioritize for low fees and fast transactions, um, your chain's gonna get more bloated. So you'll become more centralized. So long-term you'll lose censorship resistance, which is the whole point of the whole fucking thing. Otherwise we could just run the whole thing on AWS. So it's the race to the bottom and they're all cannibalizing each other because that's what they've decided to prioritize. Um, and then going back to SBF, SBF is one of the, you know, he's a founder of FTX. They're fucking killing it right now. And he's a major promoter of Solana. He just released an ad with Tom Brady and Giselle. Did you see that? Uh, with, uh, I saw, I saw it fly down. I like watched the first 20 seconds. And I was like, I couldn't take like this scripted conversation. Okay. I mean, it's an ad, bro. Like yeah. ads are, are scripted. I, I, that ad is going to play every Sunday during football. Um, and obviously it's not a Bitcoin ad. It is a crypto ad. It's an FTX ad. Let's be honest. It's an FTX ad. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that like Bitcoiners have been fantasizing about like a Super Bowl commercial. And like, be careful what you wish for. Like, it's going to be a shitcoin exchange. Like that, that is going to be the first Super Bowl commercial that is semi-Bitcoin related. Um, and this cycle is going to be fucking insane. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like it's, 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 it's going to be, we've been around the block a few times. Just expect it. It's going to, we're going to be in a situation where halfway through this fall, I have a feeling we're just going to all think that the freaks and me and Marty are just going to be thinking, well, we're, we're freaks as well. We're just going to be thinking that we're idiots. And that we're boomers and then we have no idea what the fuck's going on. And maybe we're taking the crazy pills. We're not taking the crazy pills. It'll all normalize itself out on a long enough time basis. But there's <laughs> going to be craziness in the middle. Front running this, just applying a, an M&M and eight, eight mile strategy. Just, just clip it already and just put cope over it. That's uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
we're pre-cope. I just I just wanted to get the cope out of the way ahead of time. Yeah, we're pre-coping. I mean, like this shit happens. They were shilling Dogecoin in that ad. It happens every cycle. Like, yeah, it can go big. That's uh, it's an interesting thing, but I don't think particularly scams pump the hardest. In bull Scam. market, scams pump the hardest. I think we've been pretty consistent about that on this. On you, can this. Go, you can go read the tape. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I, again, like I've iterated, you're not iterated, uh, you know, articulated this theory on this show many times throughout the years, but like, what does flipping Bitcoin mean? Like, are you flipping uh, the network effect of it used by money? Like, are people, maybe there's people building apps on Solana, are everyday people going to be using it as money? I'm not so sure. Um, I don't even know why we're getting deep into this conversation. Point I'm trying to make here is like, I think it's impossible to flip in Bitcoin because if you do, it's like, all right, what's the market stop? cap's not real anyway. Like, what are you not flipping? flipping it? Right? You're not going to flip in censorship resistance, and that's the yeah, you know exactly. Bitcoin's hard to change. Um, yeah. And it's uh, and again, like like Matt just described, like the trade-offs made via these networks uh are just natural centralizing forces that are gonna not enable it to be the the censorship resistant money that, that humanity needs right now that's why i focus on bitcoin yes a lot of people are gonna make money trading however somebody needs to build out the infrastructure for the freedom preserving network of the 100%. future that's what it's about uh that's why we're here uh we have nick in the comments mentioning the DDoS attacks that were denial of service oh, yeah. attacks that were happening to Lightning services. Thank you, Nick. Um, I did want to bring this it up. Was, it was uh, LNTX bot, Blixed Wallet, mm-hmm. and LN Bits. Um, and they were all you were they all using a Dutch um, hosting they, provider? They were all using the same hosting provider. Yeah. Um, and they got hit by denial of service attacks. I don't think some people like were making it out to be. Um, like a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a small thing, but at the same time, all centralized public facing services have the risk of denial of service attacks. They're very easy to pull off. They're not that expensive to pull off. Um, and they're going to happen. And this is why, unfortunately, you see so many Bitcoin exchanges operating behind Cloudflare, which is a centralized solution to try and solve the denial of service uh, situations. Um, And then you have something like Bitcoin, which tries to offer a distributed alternative to that. So as long as you have these centralized services that are operating in a public facing way, they're going to have to deal with denial of service attacks. It's a thing that happens. It's a risk you take when you trust the third party that their service might be down when you need to use them and you should act accordingly. And unfortunately, all three, I believe, are back up now. Um, they, I, I believe they all moved hosting providers. And uh, it could happen again. Like, it's, it's, it, that's the state of the internet. That's how it works. Probably will happen again. And yeah, no funds are lost, right? No funds were lost. It's other just you the, couldn't access the service. Yeah, other than the potential funds that could have been made while it was down. It was a successful DDoS attack. Who knows? Maybe this will provide uh, important real-life data and allows us to fix some problems that exist. Who knows? As, as they pertain to DDoS attacks, 
particularly we're getting noticed that Biden is uh is live right now uh in the first first statement we have MG Smith four here uh transcribing it. I got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun, and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. That's how he started his speech tonight. No, he, that's not how he gets the old. It's the Man, old. I'm fucking with you. I know. Did you see the animated version of that quote? <laughs> no, I haven't. The animated version is hilarious. It's uh, one of the most ridiculous statements ever to come out of a president's mouth. Um, There's been many, uh, but we are being alerted that he is actually talking right now. And uh, I don't know what's going on. There's a tweet that I got tagged an hour ago from uh, Courtney Subramanian who's saying that big. Biden is going to announce that an OSHA rule requiring businesses with more than 100 employees to ensure workers are either fully vaccinated or tested weekly per the White House uh, violations could come with substantial fines up to nearly $14,000 for providers. By the time people are listening to this, it'll either have been actual news or it'll have been bullshit. So I think we should just not speculate on what he's saying right now when we're not watching what he's saying right now. The AP is confirming this. So, as like that, he just whatever. Either way, we should wrap up the show. It's been a great conversation, Marty. I love you, and uh, I love the freaks. Love you. I love the freaks as well. Hey, spell out the infrastructure. And fuck you too. Use BitcoinTV.com. <laughs> I thought you said fuck you too. I was like, damn, why? Why are you saying fuck me? Uh, Matt, you were the host. You have to end the live stream. Or do I have to do that? Wait, I can end it? No, I can end the live stream. Oh. you got to end the recording so that we can Wait, get the I live the stream alpha. You I'll stop the recording. The Peace and love to the freaks in the recording. Love okay. you, freaks. Stay humble and stack sets.